Welcome back to Venture Studio. Today's episode comes from the Venture Studio Vault. Originally recorded in April 2011, in this episode, Dave interviewed the CEO and co-founder of Thrillist, Ben Lehrer. Dave and Ben talk about the founding story of Thrillist and its 2011 acquisition of Jack Threads. Ben also discusses Lehrer Ventures, a seed fund that he and his father started in 2010. Now branded Lehrer Hippo Ventures, the fund has become one of the most active seed funds in New York City. Some notable portfolio companies include MakerBot, Warby Parker, Refinery29, Plated, Sailthrough, Birchbox, Britain Co., Rebel Mouse, and Casper Mattresses. Check out VentureStudio.org for more interviews with some of New York's best venture investors. Be sure to follow us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash Venture-Studio and subscribe on iTunes. Our Twitter feed is at VentureStudio. Now, let's head up to the Venture Studio office. In the office, baby. Going out. Everybody, Dave Lerner Venture Studio. We are at the world headquarters of Thrillist today. I'm very excited to have the CEO and co-founder of Thrillist here with me, Ben Lehrer. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Thanks for having us here. Very quiet in here. Why don't you tell us a little about how you started Thrillist and tell us a little about the story of Thrillist and how it got going. The the long and sad story uh, began about five years ago. Um, I had graduated from college, was living in New York City for about a year, year and a half, working for a boutique hotel company. Um, A good friend of mine from college, Adam Rich, and I sort of got together and realized that we, f- we thought there was sort of a hole between local and national content for guys. So long story short, we wanted to build a better city guide. We felt that the city guides that we were reading, that we sort of grew up on, the, the maxims and the city searches and whatnot, uh, did a really good job of being local and being actionable and being timely, but a really bad job of sort of speaking our language. Like my mother and I were supposed to read the same city guide. Was Daily Candy out there yet? Daily Candy was out there and, and doing great. We actually sort of came across them a little later in the process than we probably should have. We were, we were so obsessed with thinking about the male market that we didn't even look and see if something existed in the female market. And, and as we started developing content, um, after we had already sort of selected email as our means of distribution, we saw Daily Candy and realized that we were not as creative and uh, original as we had thought and uh, eventually sort of you know, built the thing on nights and weekends, uh, got a little bit of early traction in that, uh, one, the, the list of subscribers was growing organically, and two, sort of more importantly, the local businesses that we wrote about, the bars, the restaurants, the shops, the services, whatever, felt the impact of us writing about them. And so you write about the restaurant and they were getting the calls and booking the reservations, or you write about the store and they're selling the gear. And we were getting that feedback, and so that led us to believe that there was some trust that we were building with our, you know, at that point, very small local New York audience. And we took that success to the guys who had funded Daily Candy, uh, the pilot group, Bob Pittman and his guys, and said, hey, we're 23 years old. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Okay, now, now he's a, a former AOL guy. Former AOL guy. He was not a seed funder of Daily Candy, was he? He, he bought a chunk of that company. Bought right? a chunk of that company about a year and a half or two years after they launched. Uh, and he had not done a venture deal through his... Uh, investment arm, the pilot group, at that point. And so we invested in uh, a company called Sailthrough, which is an email provider uh, that we use to deliver our emails every morning. And uh, we're really happy with them. And another company called Group Commerce, which is a white label 
commerce platform that powers Thrillist Rewards, our local experiences platform. Pilot Group. They were your seed investor, they were your anchor. Did you guys bring in some other seed investors? We didn't. They're the only investor we've had to date. They came in day one or, you know, day 60 and um, have been a great supporter of ours and a partner in the business and, you know, Bob and Mayo and and Andy and Steven and a bunch of the guys there have been sort of mentors to, to me and to Adam and to a bunch of the other guys who we've brought on at Thrillist and have helped us grow and figure out sort of what we're doing and as time has gone on, we've, uh, you know, we've been really lucky to sort of have that relationship, but we've also, you know, they've gone and done a lot of other big deals and so we spend less time with them these days, but they are still our backbone for when we need to make a big decision. They're still the, the partner that we go to. What is an average day for you here at Thrillist? And, you know, how has that evolved from yeah. when you guys were going from zero to one? It's very, very different. So, you know, early on, we, you know, we did everything. So my day, you know, I was editing content. I was trafficking ads. I was selling the ads. I was, you know, pretending that I had any idea what, how to code or that, you know, pretending that I knew what the, uh, you know, the design should be. And, and now I spend most of my time recruiting at this point, actually. What kind of positions are you, are you guys looking for? So, we're always looking for great editorial um, talent. Um, we're always looking for great sales talent, sort of national brand advertising people on the Thriller side. Um, we're always looking for great programmers, as I think is sort of the case with, you know, every tech company in New York. See, okay, everybody, I want you to know Thrillist is hiring. You guys heard it here today. We so, definitely are hiring. Definitely. If you're interested in a job at Thrillist, what's the best way to get Well, we have on Thrillist and Jackthreads, we have jobs pages. You've emerged from the first five years of your company. You, I'm sure you've had to push yourself of being a totally after it, zero to one guy, getting this up. How has that changed you as, an, as, as, a, as a business person, as an entrepreneur? What kind of uh, skills have you had to acquire, you know, what yeah. you, I mean, generally speaking, it's, it's been good for a few reasons. One, I think that, you know, by going and starting a company and, and having done all the jobs, it, it, you have a little bit more credibility with the people in the organization so that you're able to not just say, do better, stop making mistakes, but you're able to actually be constructive about helping people get better at their jobs. When I came in here before, I saw you walking around with a Bowie knife. Um, and I see it right here. Okay. so. You know, I'm a little intimidated by that. I saw Good. you walking around, you have all That's this plastic plan. energy. Now you're telling me it's plastic. I thought it, it is was plastic. real. Okay. Uh, you know, the Bowie knife uh, came out of a duel back in the 19th century. Some guy, uh, I think Colonel Bowie, took on three guys on the Mississippi River. Is this true? Is this a true story? story okay. Now. This is how it happened. He took on three guys on the, near Natchez, Mississippi. He was bloodied, he was stabbed. Uh, he took on three guys, he killed them all, and lived to talk about it, and, and they made the Bowie knife. Who are you fighting? You know, what's going on? Are you disrupting old media? What's going on? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting way of asking that question. Um, so I, I think, you know, knife aside, we are going after uh, just creating a better, a better sort of local experience and a better commerce experience and, and just like a better experience online for a certain kind of guy. And so, you know, we saw this, a weakness in the way that uh, we felt that we were getting local information, and so we created Thrillist to sort of try to do a better job, frankly. Um, at the same time, there's someone loud in the background, so I don't know if Hopefully he's you guys can hear me. I, he's, it's cool. He's, he's our director of marketing. I'm, I'm okay. we'll, let, we'll, we'll roll with that. And then our, uh, 
you know, on the commerce side, you know, we thought that there were a bunch of really, really interesting clothing brands that uh, weren't being distributed properly online. And so we've gone in and, and you know, started working with Jack Threads and acquired Jack Threads and doing the work with them. And that's another opportunity uh, to just do something better and sort of change the way that people are shopping online. Um, really, though, I mean, what we're, I think at the end of the day, the people who should be mindful of what we're doing or, or sort of aware of it are traditional retailers or traditional publishers, uh, you know, guys who are selling uh, the old-fashioned way or guys who are uh, creating content that isn't really locally focused. Should we tell John to shut up? Johnny, quiet down. Generally speaking, I think it's, it's, traditional, it's traditional media that like, you know, I look at print and like, that they can do is an amazing, amazing, amazing job in print. And generally speaking, I think that business is going to shrink because the people who have supported it, those advertisers, are inevitably moving their dollars online. And even if you do a really good job and you can sort of keep it together, I don't see those businesses growing much. And so uh, I think those are the guys who should be looking really closely at you know, new media and digital media and, and new ways to sort of connect to guys. Five, six years in business now. A lot of the people watching are starting businesses. They've been out for one year or whatever. What are some of the big mistakes, challenges you've, you've, you've run into that yeah. you overcame? The biggest lesson that we've had to, to sort of learn is not really a business lesson as much as it is sort of just like an emotional lesson that there's going to be, you know, inevitably, there's going to be really, really good days and really, really bad days. And you need to do, you need to sort of train yourself to just roll with those and not get too excited when things are good and not get too upset when things are bad, uh, generally speaking. And I think that that's a good way to stay focused. And, and, you know, focus has been one of the things that our investors have preached. And the idea that, you know, don't be all things to all people. Figure out who you're talking to. Figure out what you're trying to achieve. Figure out, you know, sort of what you're trying to fix or what hole you're trying to fill and stay incredibly focused on doing that and do a better job than anybody else. And if you do, you're going to win. Was there a day when things got so bad that you had the, you know, the Bowie knife out? I remember before we launched looking at Shecky's, which was an old city guide for bars in New York. And we were probably a month or two away from like our pathetic launch and saw them announce that they were going to start to send out a daily email about stuff to do in like, you know, New York. And I remember like calling Adam and just be like, you know, like it's over. The dream's over. Just pack it up. Don't quit your job. We're never, we're never gonna do this thing. Like Shecky's just did it, and you know, after a few days of reading the content, I think we're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't that good. Shecky's doesn't strike me as some kind of badass. No, no, no. I think we're like, we can probably still keep trying to do this. You can hang with Shecky's. Right. So you're in 20 cities, 19 or 20 cities. Yeah. You just went to London six, seven months ago. Year ago. Year ago already. Year. Okay. Uh, you're doing. Uh, you acquired Jack Threads. We I wanted to ask Jack you about Threads. that. Yep. How did you guys meet the people out in, in Ohio? I believe. How did yep. that, all that come down? So Jack Threads was an advertiser uh, of Thrillist, actually. And so one day, I thought that our audience would probably be a really good fit for their product and would probably be into it. So I called their CEO, a guy named Jason Ross, who had started their business, built it on his credit card. Wow. Then called them and said, "Hey, love to learn more about what you're doing." And um, went down to Columbus and visited him. And as I got to know him, he sort of opened up the books to me and showed that the Thrillist users who had become Jack Threads buyers through the editorial mention that 
we had originally made on Jack Threads, which is why I was familiar with them when I saw them advertising. And then through the advertising, um, those guys were huge buyers, huge forwarders. They were just really valuable members of the Jack Threads community. And so we started talking and, and ultimately I, I, you know, I realized that we wanted to be in that business that uh, you know, we had seen as we had been growing Thrillist, other businesses of sort of appear around us. So we had grown Thrillist where we were monetizing you know, a layer of national brand advertising on top of really high quality content. But we saw the guilt groups of the world and the Groupons of the world go and suddenly monetize a similar asset, a list of people who trust them, who do what they suggest, and make money in a different way by actually getting those people to transact. All right, so Jack Threads, um, you guys had obviously developed a good rapport. Yep. He was an advertiser. When you guys started broaching a potential acquisition, did you do that internally with, with Thrillist Funds? Did you need outside capital? How did, did you guys We did it internally. That? Okay. Um, you know, Pilot was sort of there to support us with like some cash flow needs that we had around it, but we did it internally. Let's talk about Lair Ventures. Yeah. How did you guys get started? Yeah. Um, I know you, you guys are anchoring a lot of deals here in New York City. You're in a couple of deals that I'm in. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Warby Parker. Yep. Awesome. Food 52. Yep. Uh, Greplin. Yep. Merchbox. Yep. All these great companies. My, my father and I, um, who's also an entrepreneur and started his own company, and um, at the same time that I started Thrillist, actually, we were going and making some very small investments in other companies and sort of people that we thought were interesting in and around uh, sort of the New York tech scene. And uh, I, I guess it was probably a year and a half ago that I got a note from my dad saying, hey, check it out. And he sent me the list of all the companies that we had invested in. And it was just good list, and they were all still in business, and they had all gone and done subsequent rounds of financing at higher valuations, and we felt like we had made some good bets. And so ultimately we said, uh, let's do more, and, and quickly realized that we, you know, I obviously have a full-time uh, thing over here, and he was really busy, and we didn't really have the resources and the time to go out and do a lot more. And so we said, well, let's raise a little fund. Uh, we raised it all from friends and family. Um, no institutions, and uh, the plan was and, and has been to uh, go and basically write early, early, early stage checks to uh, people um, starting companies that we think are really interesting and disruptive. So around technology, around media, around commerce. Right, you're soft peddling this a little bit. You know, you're being modest. I, I'm guessing the company he started when you were starting Thrillist was. I both. Okay, we started those at the, basically the same exact time. Okay. Cool, very cool. Father and son starting company at yeah, the same time, I like it. You guys are kind of a, a seed fund. Um, you got some other investors, kind of, kind of investors, kind of an angel fund. Um, but what I've noticed is you guys are often the anchor here in New York. Like I've seen that in a couple of deals. You guys are not afraid to come in, price the round and say, come on in everybody else. And when we got started, we were, were, were pretty timid. Like we came in and we were looking around and wanted to get a sense of who the other people investing in these types of businesses were and uh, taking, you know, I don't know if we, I guess sort of without meaning to taking cues from them and you, you hear that, you know, sort of a, you know, a Chris Dixon or Ron Conway or whoever is, is interested in a deal or is going to do a deal and that was like a good signal for us. Like that's a deal that we want to do. But I try now to not know who else an investor is talking to so that my judgment isn't clouded by, well, there's all these really smart guys around the table. I guess we're just going to do it because like everyone wants to do it versus I like this company. I think these guys are smart. I believe in this. I want in. You're imposing a discipline on yourself yeah. to, to evaluate it on its own terms with your own opinion. Uh, that's great. Um, what what uh, do you look for in an entrepreneur? There's no profile specifically. 
but I mean, generally speaking, it's somebody who you get off the phone with them, or you, you know, you leave the meeting and you say, dude is legit, or that chick is legit. I like, I want to be in business with that person. And that's really what you're doing. I mean, by making an angel investment in someone's company, you're becoming their business partner. Even if you're not going to be there all day, every day, you know, sort of like doing the blocking and tackling, you're their partner. And so, you know, we don't want to invest in somebody who we don't want to be partners with, generally speaking. All right. So tell us a little bit about the rewards program at Thrillist, because yep. that's pretty new. It's like three or four months old. Yep. And then, you know, what's next for Thrillist, et cetera? For, although I, I, I hate saying it, but it is sort of this deal space that exists. And so the Living Socials and the Groupons and all these mass market players, we think that there's a, an opportunity for us for a few reasons. One, uh, the demographic that we reach at Thrillist is badly underserved. Um, those guys are catering to a certain kind of woman, generally speaking. Um, two, we have big localized audiences that are distributed in a bunch of markets who are already reading Thrillist, acting on our recommendations, trusting us, doing what we suggest, um, and we have a relationship with those guys. And three, um, we've written about tens of thousands of local businesses all across the country in each of these markets, and those businesses like us because we've sent them customers. And our customers don't carry calculators. Um, they carry Bowie knives yeah. and other things like that. But they, they come in and you know these businesses have seen the impact that we can have. They, they like our audience and um, you know we're really not about creating a deal. It's not about chasing the coupon. It's about chasing an experience. And so we go and try to, you know, rather than selling ten dollars of twenty dollars for you know, ten dollars for twenty dollars of you know crappy pizza at X crappy restaurant, we go and try to create something that's actually unique. So have someone make a dish or a menu or uh, that, that's not offered otherwise. So you know we now have sort of the three core businesses which is the thrillist city guides in all of these local markets and the national content that we create. Um, and then from there we also have Jack Threads, which is a, a flash sale business. Right now selling clothing, but soon selling lots of other stuff. The idea just being creating a really cool curated store online for guys. Um, just a better shopping experience. And then rewards, which is sort of bridging the gap between those. It's commerce in that people are going and buying things, but it's really driven by content, by creating experiences that are the kind of things that we would cover editorially. And these each exist as separate businesses underneath sort of the Thrillist umbrella. Um, and there's lots of transparency between what is sort of rewards or what is Jack Threads or what is Thrillist. Um, but we co-market each product to each other audience um, because we think they're all valuable. Ben, terrific story. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us Thanks here. Thanks so much for having See me. See you soon.